Hello and welcome to another episode of Bold, Brilliant and Broke. Episode 11 guys. I have been doing a lot of thinking about where we're going, where how Bold, Brilliant and Broke is going to evolve, where we've been over the last 10 episodes and I am just excited. I am delighted and I'm so grateful for you guys coming on this journey with me. I started this podcast not out of logic but simply out of me feeling like hey I'm confused about this and I bet there's people who are going on this journey and like want to figure this out with me so thank you it's been so amazing learning from you and learning from the experience of talking to you and being with you so I just wanted to take a second to thank you for that November is going to be an interesting month because today even I've been winding down, slowing down, really thinking about the work that I've done and what I want for the future. And I'm looking forward to December to being a really reflective month. Episode 11, the last episode of the podcast for this first season. I know you're all, I can hear your hearts breaking as I say that. And then we'll come back in the new year, big, bolder, more brilliant than ever. And I'm really looking forward to that. Before we get into today's episode, however, I wanted to talk about something that I was speaking about on my Instagram stories for those of you who don't follow me there. So I was talking about working out your rate. Now, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can tackle this. But this is a way that I think I kind of like because it's dependent on you and only you. Like you, there's nothing external. I think a lot of the time when we're saying our rate, we're thinking, well, how much experience do I have? Like, do I have enough experience to charge this much or whatever? And it usually was setting a rate out of doubt. But I like this way because it's just based on nothing but you. Like it's all you like how do you feel about it like say that number like feel it on your tongue how does it feel in your mouth what does it look like in your bank account and that's what I like and I heard someone talking about something similar when I went to Best Pods panel the other day it was talking about freelancer finances and the founder behind Active Budgeter who I actually can't remember her name off the top of my head, was speaking about this, but I'll put all her details in the show notes so you can go and check out her amazing platform. It looks amazing. She has all these like templates and budgets and she makes it really fun and easy. And yeah, now is a great time to do this because I hope that now that we're in the last two months of the year that you're being more reflective, you're slowing down and really thinking about what you want to achieve and what you want 2020 to look like. And this is a, and if you're doing any journaling, any meditation on this, this is a really good thing to add to that practice. So the formula is decide the amount that you want to earn for 2020. During that whole year, what is the amount you earn? Whether you're going to be still working at your full time job and you're just focusing on what you're going to make through your side hustle, your extra income, or maybe you have a full on business. What is the amount that you want to earn from that business? Then divide that amount by the amount of projects or the amount of jobs or the amount of items that you'll have to sell to get to that number. And that number will equal your rate. For instance, really simple, if I want to make £10,000 in my business next year, 
and I decide it takes me about maybe like a month, three weeks for each project. And I decide I want 10 clients in a year. That means I should be charging them about £1,000 per client, per project. So my rate would be £1,000. And then from there, you will also add your tax on top. And then every time you go and negotiate with a client, you start the negotiations higher than that number. You can decide how much higher, but just higher so that if they come back and say, no, like that's not in our budget, it's too high. You still have space to negotiate down without losing too much of your rate. Now, once you figure out your rate, what you can then do is check what the average is for the industry you are in. And you can do this very simply by asking people, reaching out. You're going to have to find people on Instagram who you admire and say, hey, like, um, what is your rate? And have an uncomfortable conversation. And then you'll very quickly, once you start getting a few answers, you'll very quickly see if you if your rate is above average or below average. Being above or below isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sapphire, the founder of The Coven, was saying at the same talk, at the Vestpod talk, she was saying how when she was a florist, she was the most expensive florist in Essex. Now, that didn't scare her. But what it meant was she was very aware of like how she's going to rise to that occasion. So if your rate is £1,000 and the industry average is 500 how are you ensuring that your client, when they pay the raw rate, they get a £1,000 experience? And that's how you get creative and that's how you work for your DAO. Maybe you're like, hey, like this bit of graphic design or if I make them a web- website, it isn't really worth £1,000. Other services can you add to make that service more rounded, more full, so it feels like they're getting value for their money? And also on the flip side, me as a stylist and often when I'm assisting maybe it's unlikely that I'm going to go to the stylist and be like, hey, you're going to have to pay me £1,000 to prep that shoot next time. If that's unlikely, maybe I need to become someone new to be able to charge that amount. And thinking about those questions and dwelling on it is where you get really creative. And yeah, when you start to do some scary things and just test it out of people. And I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you say that this is your rate and somebody actually says yes. Like they say, yeah, and they pay you a shitload of money. That sounds pretty great to me. Anyway, doing it at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the year or before the year starts is a very good way to really stay on top of that and to just do things differently. So give it a try. Let me know how it goes. I'm going to be working on it too. And (laughs) we'll see how how it plays out. So on today's episode, episode 11, we're going to be talking about my key takeaways from the Millionaire Mind Intensive Seminar. Now, the reason why I'm going to be talking about this, again, for you, small minority that are not following me on Instagram and checking my stories, is because I went to this three-day seminar and I was posting about like what we were learning for all the three days. It was about 15 hours each day. It was an incredible experience. And I was just posting so much of what I was learning and you guys were really interested. And I said I would do a podcast episode on it. So this is that promise coming to fruition. You're welcome. It was a life-changing experience. Like on the Sunday, so on the last day, I was there and I literally was thinking, this has been the best day of my life. I'm always going to remember that this day. Because there's a few particular things that happened that they walk you through 
that literally there's no way my life can be the same again. Like I walked in on Friday morning and I left on Sunday with a totally different mindset and perspective on life and on this magical, wonderful life that I've been gifted. And yeah, there's some specific things that I can't actually speak about because all the participants are asked not to share. And also, if you do decide to go yourself and you want to experience this firsthand for you, because maybe you have some things that you want to work through, it's really important that somebody doesn't tell you like all the tricks and all the things that are going to come up because it will just ruin it. It's like sitting down to watch a movie and someone's already watched it and they tell you the main twist. You're like gutted. You don't experience it the same. You don't feel for the characters the same way. You don't get into their mind and get into their fears in the same way when you know what's coming. So there's some things that I'm going to keep private from you guys. But this episode will be about what I want to share. And when I was doing the notes for this, actually, I started writing down a couple of things that were super important, like super like key things that I was learning. Things like, you know, you're always going to be scared no matter what you do. But then I decided that you could probably hear that from anywhere else. Like I read a lot of books and listen to a lot of podcasts on mindset and growing your business. And if you received the reading list last week, you will know that there's a lot of stuff on there. And a lot of the things that they say are very similar. So I really wanted to gift you this week the lessons and takeaways that I experienced based on my own life experience. Because what is kind of amazing is that you are in the room with about 600 other people different backgrounds, different genders, different ages. And the takeaways that we all had were completely different because of our perspective and our views on life. And then we'll talk about how this relates to business and how this relates to you and how you can move forward from it all. So the biggest thing that I learned after going to the Millionaire Mind Intensive was that the thing that you are running away from and hiding from, and trying to erase from your past, is always going to follow you. And if you don't tackle it head on, it will manifest itself in your relationships, in the amount of money you have, in the way you approach business and freelancing, in all of your decisions. And I didn't even realize I was running away, really, until I was there. I think on some level, I probably did know As a child, when I was about 13, I had something horrific happen to me. And maybe a few years ago, I would have described it as the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And I remember listening to Brooke Costello's podcast, The Life Coach School, and she was saying something like, you know, take all the bad things that's happened in your past and reframe them like they were always meant to be. And I couldn't understand that. I couldn't get around that until this weekend. It was so damaging to my self-worth and the way that I saw myself. When I went to university, I did everything I could to forget that this ever happened. And I'm talking, I used to drink like crazy. And this is one of the reasons why I don't drink now. It's because I used to drink until I blacked out just so I wouldn't have to remember, I wouldn't have to be alone in my thoughts. And I took all sorts of substances and did all sorts of things to not have to think about it, to not have to be alone and spend time with my thoughts. And then I graduated uni with a first degree. I was so freaking proud 
but I was broken. I was exhausted from all the things I was putting into my body, from not sleeping, from always being out and out and partying. And I had a moment where I lost all my friends. I didn't know how to function as a normal human being anymore. I couldn't have personal relationships because I did really didn't know the dynamics and how they worked without all the fear I had of other people and all the pain I was experiencing and I would say me graduating uni was my lowest point it was the point where I was like what the fuck is this all for because I went to uni I got the best degree ever and I couldn't get a job and I was like what how is this happening like I've done everything right. My job should basically be waiting for me on a silver platter, like, universe, what's going on? And I think it was in moments like that that you really ask yourself, are you living the life that you want? Three years later, it's 2019, and I go to the MMI seminar after reading the book, which my mum actually gave me when I was about 15 years old, but I didn't read it until this year. And even that event alone was superb, divine timing. It was as if I had come full circle. I remember when she gave me that book when I was 15, I was like, I looked at the cover, it's called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And I was like, that is the cringiest, hideous thing ever. Like, get that away from me. But anyway, I sat down and read it this year and I was like, I have to know more. So I signed up for the seminar because it was in London and... It's three whole days of working on yourself. Now, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you haven't spent three whole days working on your past, processing your trauma, processing your feelings, understanding your thoughts, your goals, and your dreams. I'm going to take a wild guess to suggest that you haven't done that this month. So for me, it felt like just the best gift to give myself what I really went there was for to make money and how to make money quickly but I feel like I left with so much more because by working on your past and working on your childhood you get to understand how what has happened to you and how you internalize that impacts the way you behave in your relationships and ultimately how you behave and experience money because money and the situation ship that we have with money is a relationship, just like any other human being. Some people don't want a relationship with money at all. And you can tell that because they'll say things like money is evil. The more money I have, the more bad guys that will get after me is what I heard someone else. Or the more money I have, the more liable I am to attack. Or the more money I have, the more greedy I look the more harm I'm causing someone else, the more money I have, the less somebody else has. And so people who have those thoughts will experience very little money. Some people, like if you were anything like me, I didn't know how to value a human relationship. I didn't know how to value a friendship. When me and my friends would make plans to each other, I didn't know what the impact would be if I cancelled and just didn't go instead. And if I continued cancelling. Would there ever be a friendship? And that impacted, that reflected the same way in my money. Money would be there and I would spend it really quickly, just very recklessly. 
because what I came to understood is that the way I was doing one thing is the way you do all things. Your mind doesn't, you know, say, oh, this is money. Now this is food. Now this is friendship. The way you do one thing is the way you do all things because the brain is quite lazy and it likes pattern. I had to understand how every event, every thought, every word I've ever said is all connected. And if I want to change what my results are, then I have to change the questions. If I want better answers, then I have to ask better questions. How many times have you heard your thoughts equals your emotions equals your actions equals your results? There are so many Instagram quotes and so many variations of this basic truth. And I believe that it's universal truth and governs everything and everyone, no matter whether you believe in it or not, it's working. But how much are you living by it? What I mean is, if you know your emotions drive your actions and your actions equal your results, are you deliberately choosing your emotions so that you can engineer the results that you want? You see, when I was a year out of uni and I felt like I had no friends, I felt like I had no money and it felt like life would never get better. I was busy trying to change my results and your results are all your external things like your job, where you live, who you're married to, et cetera, et cetera. And I had kept on thinking to myself, if I just get in the right job as a fashion designer, everything will be better. Everything will be great. If I just start working for myself, everything will be better. You know, if I didn't have this part-time job, if I didn't have to work part-time, everything would be great. I also had thoughts like, you know, if my parents were just really wealthy and they could give me the money, you know, then everything would be better. And actually it's their fault for not being wealthy. But really it's futile. It's exhausting living like this because it's like looking at a tree, picking an apple and biting it and then getting angry at how sour it is. You've got to go to the root. You've got to go underground on your hands and knees, dig and work through and find out what's going on. You can't start changing the apple when it's arrived. When you're eating the apple, when you're slicing it up your plate, you can't suddenly try to make it sweeter or make it more juicy. It doesn't work like that. You have to go to the tree because the tree is producing all of your apples. It's producing all of your results. My biggest takeaway from MMI is that life will be whatever you want it to be. And there'll be all sorts of reasons why you won't be able to believe this or you won't be able to see your magic. There's all sorts of reasons why I felt at one point I wouldn't make the money that I want to make. And the money that I want to make is millions of pounds. There was loads of reasons why I thought that I wouldn't be able to build wealth that would have me working for myself and making a lasting impact and change in the world. And I came to realize that I wasn't living in this truth. If I'm thinking all of these doubts, no wonder why my experience of life is sour. Sometimes it's hard to understand what your mind is telling you because when your mind speaks, it just sounds like truth, like your internal voice. When you are looking at things and judging things, it just sounds like an observation. They don't necessarily sound harmful, but everything you experience is through the lens of everything you've learned, everything you've heard, everything you've ever been taught by other humans, and that there's no such thing as reality. So any doubts and any excuses that you think keeps you grounded in reality, just know that they're things that you're choosing to think and choosing to believe. Better yet, the only thing that matters is what you make of what you see. 
what you decide to make it mean. What you make of your apple. Are they bitter or are they sweet? And in the weeks since I felt so much love, it's been so much easier to connect to a truer version of me, one that's not grounded in doubt and one that's not afraid and one that's bolder and is thinking bigger and has dreams that extend much further than what I could probably do today. I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to learn the skills and do whatever it takes to get there and it's been magical and I'm kicking myself because I'm like this is just the beginning like this is just the beginning and I'm not saying that everything is going my way like perfectly swimmingly but I now have the emotional tools that when things are not going my way I know that there's something bigger coming I know that okay like that person they fell away they're not a vibrational match for me that's okay I'm not gonna fight that because we block the blessings that the universe wants to send us by making excuses, by complaining, by being blind to how magical and how powerful we are. I hope that you heard this. You were listening with an open, open heart, with an active mind, thinking of the way that you think and the results that you're having. And I hope that you can spend some time in the last few months of the year really analyzing and spending time and thinking about how you want to think and how you want your results to be different and understanding what you're thinking and what your actions are and how they're playing a role in everything that you're experiencing. Now that was a very personal and open episode and I just want to say this was really about the mindset and it was really about the inner work It doesn't mean that all the outer work, like investing, saving your money, you know, buying property, it doesn't mean that all of that stuff doesn't matter. All of that stuff is vital. But again, having those tools doesn't change the roots. It's having a strong foundation and then you can save the money and then you can make your big purchases and then you can invest. If you haven't read The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind book, I suggest so wholeheartedly to read it. That book has changed my life in such profound ways. I actually bought a copy of the book and I've given it away to one of the listeners who she messaged me first when I did an Instagram poll. And maybe I'll give away another one in the future because I just feel that everyone needs to be touched by this magic. I hope that this episode has really hit home and touches some of you. Now, if I stayed in bed today and no one gave you this message, I wonder what that means. Maybe you would have found it from somebody else. Maybe you would have gone to therapy and you would have done the work. Or maybe you'll just continue living your life directionless, frustrated, working hard, being busy, but still not seeing those that busyness translate to money in the bank. Would you still be questioning why you're someone with a degree? And you're a highly talented craftsperson, you're a highly talented designer or illustrator or writer. And wondering why that talent isn't translating to money in the bank. Because I have to say the people who have inspired me to take action, the podcasts I've listened to, the books that I've read, the people who put on MMI, they saved my life and they've changed it and put it on a path and trajectory that because they've inspired me. I get to inspire other people. Other people get to inspire other people. It's just a knock-on effect of love and of magic. 
And by reaching out to you today, I get to hopefully impart some of that impact on you and inspire you to do something and to take action just to move forward. Now, I'm at the beginning of my journey and there's a lot that I don't know, but I do know that the world needs you to overcome whatever you're going through, no matter how dark, no matter how ugly. There are people that you need to reach and they might not know it yet, but they are waiting for you. And the question becomes, what are you prepared to do to reach them? Are you prepared to be wrong about who you are and what you know? Because if you have some vital work and you're holding back and you're doubting, you make the doubt more powerful than your mission and then your purpose in life. Your fears, like a client saying no to accepting your rate, like your friends laughing at you for being on Instagram and promoting your work. Every time you let that fear win, you make that fear more important than the clients you have to serve and the customers that are out there and waiting for you to reach them. Now, what are you prepared to do to get them? I want you to know that if you want to know any more information on this, I am here. DM me on Instagram at Cairo the Bold. And if you're interested in experiencing some perfectized coaching, get in touch. Let's set up a discovery call and let's find out if we're a good match to work with each other. I'm taking on one new client who I'm very excited about and I have space for one more. And if you think that any of this personal coaching, any of this inner work could really help you, I want you to know that I'm here for you and I'm doing whatever it takes to reach you. Until next time. 